From time to time, during the How Did We Miss That podcast, we may talk about details of crimes that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hey there, and welcome back. I'm Christine. And I'm John. And we've got some good cases for you today, I think. I hope you enjoy them as much as you've been enjoying them, apparently. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that are asking themselves the very same question. Yeah. How did we miss that? Absolutely. And if you are one of those people that are enjoying our show, please, 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 please go on and review. Let us know you're enjoying it, or even if you're not enjoying it. But it's super important. It helps us get to the top. Helps us bring you more stories. So please do that. Yeah. And I'll just say if if typing out a sentence is too hard for you, then click the five stars. I sure. mean, a rating will do. Okay. So the story that I have for you today is actually a 34-year-old cold case from Green Bay, Wisconsin. It is very, it's quite cold in Green Bay. The frozen it, tundra. It so it would cold. make sense that it, right. there's a cold case. It is cold. <laughs> I think it means something true. different, though. It does mean something yeah. different. Well, my sources for this story are NBC 26 News article by Nina Soprano, a Green Bay CrimeReports.com article, the Green Bay Press Gazette article from August 14th of 1986, and a Fox 11 News article by Scott Hurley and Kia Murray from Monday, the 2nd of October of 2020. Wow. Very recent. Very recent. So this is the story of the murder of Lisa Holstead. And like I said, it's actually Green Bay's longest running homicide investigation. A 22-year-old mother was found strangled in the Bay of Green Bay. So I'm going to set the scene for you here. It's August 12, 1986, and construction workers discover what looks like a hand sticking up out of the water in a swampy marsh near Pete's Lake and Duck Creek. Is there any information about how far out she was? Like, how do you determine that's a hand? She must have been pretty close to the shore, I guess, I'm I'm guessing. It's kind of swampy water, so it's not deep. Yeah, okay. Um, And she was found kind of close to the water's edge, so. Right, okay. You know, bodies Mm -hmm. float, unfortunately. I got you. you. Yeah. Um, When they pull their truck over, though, because they want to get a closer look at it, they find that it's a whole body, not just a hand. And it's the body of a half-naked woman laying by the water's edge. Authorities believe Lisa was strangled to death with her own clothing and then thrown into the marsh. So when crime scene investigators arrived, they find Lisa Holstead's lifeless body floating in the water. Detectives collected as much evidence as they could from the scene, and they called Lisa's family out to identify her body, which they were able to do very quickly, um, because she had only been reported missing just a few hours earlier. So this is a pretty fresh crime scene. Yeah, that's very quick. Um, Her sister Debbie had said that she had talked to her mother, Lisa's mother and Debbie's mother, and she was really upset because she had not come home that night. And this was not normal for Lisa. She had a five-year-old son. His name was Jeremy. And he actually was ended up staying with family that night. Um, but it would be normal for her to come back to get him. So right away, the mother knew there was something going on. She was super upset about it. Um, so let's kind of rewind a little bit and take a look at what happened the day that she went missing. 
So Holstead and her live-in boyfriend, John Sott, had met up with other Holstead family members around 2 p.m. on Monday, August 11th at the Bridge Bar in Howard, Wisconsin, to meet up with Lisa's father, who had just returned home from Germany, where he had been living for a little while. And the article I read wasn't clear on why he was there or for how long he had been there. But based on what they were saying, it sounds like he'd been there for a while since the whole family wanted to get together and... Um, you know, welcome him back and everything. So it sounds like he'd been gone for a while. It wasn't like a little vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, was he they, on like, not on deployment or anything, right? I mean, you know, it wasn't very clear, which I thought that was odd too when they said he'd been living there. Yeah, I'm always so curious. I've heard on other podcasts and whatever people are like, oh, I'm living in uh, Hong Kong right now or Sweden. It's like, that seems like a huge move for an American just right. to go live in another country for a while. You yeah, know? and this is 1986, so... Yeah, I'm sure it's not like some technology company or anything like that, although I guess it could be. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know why he was there exactly. The articles didn't say, but they were all very anxious to see him. So they were at the bar for a while. Then they moved to the home of Lisa's sister, Debbie, at around 8 p.m. that night. They talked and they watched videotapes that the father had brought back. And around like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, some of the group decided that they were going to go to Dave's bar, which was on Main Street in the town they were in. And then they stayed there until it closed. And reportedly, Lisa had had a few shots and some beers, but no one was exactly sure how much she had consumed at that point. Um, when everybody was done, they all had had their fill, had a good time. John and Lisa then drove Debbie and a friend home, and then they decided to head home themselves. According to the investigation at around 2.30 in the morning, on Tuesday, August 12th, Lisa and John began having an argument inside of their car at the corner of Mason and Taylor Street. The argument had been apparently simmering all evening, and I, as soon as I saw that, I pictured many, many an argument <laughs> that we'd been having, you know, when we're with each other's families and we don't really, really want to talk about it because we're in front of everybody, don't really want to involve all the people, you know, you want to keep your affairs yeah, so private, right? We're... Since you brought it up, let's go down that rabbit hole for just a minute. I mean, we, we have a whole other show for this. Yeah, we do. That people should listen to as well. But I'm just wondering, were they arguing about the family that they didn't see eye to eye on? Or did they have a separate argument that they didn't want to have there? You probably don't know the answer. But the arguments we used to have was about the family. The family we were and what with. an <laughs> S show they were. Yes. We weren't arguing with each other. We were usually arguing about something they did or said. And, yeah. A little um, bit of defense mechanism goes in there, whatever. But Yeah. So they never said exactly what the argument was about. But given the fact that they didn't want to ruin the reunion, broadcast what's going on, I have a feeling it was maybe a private thing between the two and not so much about the family. Gotcha. So they just didn't want to argue in front of others. Okay. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So like I said, it had been simmering all evening. <laughs> you, We talked about this. You know what it's like. So as soon as they were left alone it came to a head total boiling point everything fell apart they're screaming and yelling at each other while being interviewed by police john and lisa or john said lisa opened the car door stepped out and walked away and she headed west towards the highway and that was the last time that anyone ever saw her alive you know those uh those simmer arguments can go one of two ways like you either have it just all this stuff building up and then it explodes or sometimes you can forget about it i guess you yeah, know? exactly. This so, one obviously was the other. It exploded. Yeah. And I mean, it was obviously they were, it, he was obviously so mad at her that he would let her go and just walk out of the yeah, car. Yeah. So she, she was left obviously him. so mad that she just wanted to get out of there. So she, so the story is that she left him and walked away. Right. 
But I'm guessing he's still going to be a suspect because they always are. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the boyfriend and the husband always do it, right? Yeah. So the family initially thought that maybe she'd gone to meet someone at another bar or possibly she'd taken a ride from a stranger because the family had told police that Lisa was very outgoing and would never have been afraid to get into someone's car. So obviously she, she doesn't know life lesson number one, stranger danger. Stranger danger. Stay out of the forest. That's <laughs> I mean, this lesson is 1986. After all, we kind of, there was no, it was wild abandoned back then. So, but no witnesses came forward saying that they had seen her get into a car with anyone, though they did report to police that they saw a woman matching Lisa's description walking away from the vehicle. So they were able to pinpoint her actually getting out of John's car but not ever getting into a car with anyone else. So at least we know that much of the story is true, um, that he didn't say she got out of the car and like drove her somewhere and threw her into the marsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I guess good for his particular Yeah, something story. lines up there a little bit. Right. But like we said, because John was the last person seen with Lisa before she was killed, he was obviously the first suspect in the investigation. Which I think is unfair just because he was there. I mean, I get it. My knowledge of law enforcement, whatever, I totally get they have to start somewhere. But in this particular case, don't they, they, you just said they have knowledge that she walked away. He did not pursue. He did not do anything to her. Right. Well, and they what, actually, I mean, at this point, they don't know suspect? that. They don't know that he didn't follow her. Yeah. Okay. They don't know that. They just know that his, that particular part of his story is true. I guess I'm least. just trying to stick up for all my fellows out there. I mean, you're <laughs> always like public enemy number one. And I know. Sometimes yeah. they really didn't do it, but you got to start somewhere, I guess. Well, for your team's sake, the lead detective in the case decided that there wasn't any evidence connecting John to the crime. I don't know if he was ever specifically ruled out per se. Like, I don't know if they ever said, no, he's absolutely not even a per person of interest in this case. But it was just that they could not find any evidence to conclusively say that he was involved. DNA that was found in the evidence was compared to his DNA, and that was never a match. So we kind of, I guess, not particularly ruled out all the way, but at least they know there yeah, wasn't any connection there. Well, because we said this is a cold case, obviously they just gave up on him. Yeah. Though. I mean, that that's crazy to think because that one we watched on Netflix out of, uh, gosh, where was that? Colorado or Utah or whatever. Yeah, I think it was Colorado. Yeah. he. There was no DNA evidence involved with him either, but they didn't give up because they got a funny feeling about him. I guess on this right. one, none of that was present either or they just said, ah, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where their state of mind was, obviously, when that yeah. was 34 years ago. Yeah. So. Um, the detectives weren't able to connect any suspects to the crime, and without any fresh leads, Lisa's case went cold, like we talked about. It's been cold for 34 years. At one point, police believed there to be a connection with the murder of an 18-year-old high school student named Francine Stanislavski, who was murdered the October prior to this August that Lisa was killed. But they were never able to get enough evidence to back that theory up either. So, I mean... With this information, knowing that they don't have any other leads, this case is going cold, you'd think that this is where the story ends, right? Yeah, it would sound like it. I mean, yeah, you'd think I was done and it was although, your turn. there is a whole TV show called Cold Case Files that right? would tell you that it's not over. It's never over. It's not over. Well, buckle up because I've got Buckled. some news for you. Let's hear it. During a news conference Monday, October 26th. 1986? Like... 
this last like 2020 like 2020 like the last monday before this last monday because i don't remember what monday this is already yeah Yeah. well and this airs on a monday on a monday whatever so two mondays ago three mondays ago whatever october 26th october 26th do the math year everyone's got a year. calendar in their pocket of this year of this year 2020 yes investigators talked about how they did a reverse family tree to identify 65 year old lou archie griffin as the suspect in the murder of lisa holstead 34 years later is archie a middle name or is that a nickname because these killers always have three names right well yes and it's to help identify them a little bit more but I'm think I mean I'm thinking that's his name. So who's who is this Lou Archie? Well, we're gonna find out. All right, thank goodness. So police say that Griffin fit the profile of the killer. He lived in Green Bay at the time of the murder and was recently released from prison for a sexual assault crime a month prior to Holstead's death. According to a criminal complaint, investigators linked Griffin to the murder by matching his DNA to a sample found at the scene. So they were able to use the sample from 1986 to match his DNA to it, which is amazing. Why was this guy who just had committed a sex crime a month prior or whatever it was you said? You said a month, right? Mm -hmm. Why was he not a suspect back then? Why did it take 34 years? Well, because like I'm going to say later on, there's no connection between the two of them. So like they don't know each other. He was obviously maybe not frequenting the same bars. It was well, just obviously so something they didn't. The reason I'm saying this is so far on this show, whatever, five episodes in, I'm, I'm the guy who talks shit about the cops, <laughs> it seems. And I don't know that there's a lot going on in Green Bay other than the Packers, which is rabid fan base and whatever. I don't know enough about Green Bay to know what else is going on there. I would think there's not a lot crime-wise. So if uh, yeah, I'm the know. cops, I would look at all the potential people this could be and investigate that's what you do as an investigator you investigate so i would question them right because how many could there be again maybe i'm way out of school here and there's a lot and so they just didn't bother but i'm thinking green bay is like a nice town and yeah there's not a ton i don't know i I don't know and i i think it's just there's too many unknown people to just be able to go let's try this one and let's try this one well this guy had a record right so that's what i'm saying is anybody with similar crimes i guess i would this is what I would do. I would pull them up and question if it's not a huge list. If it's a huge list, thousands of people, obviously you can't do that. Yeah. Well, police tracked Griffin and got his DNA from beer cans and a cigarette that he threw away. Investigators say Griffin initially denied ever seeing Holstead. However, when he was presented with the DNA evidence, he said, "Mm, I must have had sex with her, but that he didn't kill her. (laughs) Though he said he did not remember having sex with her. But seriously, this was like 34 years ago. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know how you could remember that. I can't remember who I had sex with 34 years ago. Well, <laughs> I hope not too many people since Nobody you were really young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he also did state to police that he was high on cocaine and drunk most of the time during that time period. It's the 80s, baby. I know. Who wasn't, right? right? Detectives took years for the DNA to be traced back to Griffin. But over those years, it had been tested by the crime lab in the state of Wisconsin and also checked with the CODIS, which, in case you don't know, it's a national database of information. So police log all this stuff in here and you can check DNA samples and profiles and things within it. So is this an, is been, it an acronym? What's it? CODIS? How do you yeah, spell it? it's CODIS. It's C-O-D-I-S. Oh, I, gotta I check can't this remember out. the full on acronym for I it. Was, I will get back to you on that one. I was today years old when I heard about the CODIS. So I'm going to check that out. Well, for sure. thanks to Law and Order SVU. I am very versed on CODIS. Excellent. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, it had never come up with a match to anybody at all, ever. So it was kind of something they'd been testing for years and years and years. But through a process called, this is my favorite, forensic genetic genealogy. Doesn't that sound nice? It does. I mean, Sounds it's like kind a of a cool, mouthful like, at a party to, when you tell people what you do. I'm a I know. forensic, whatever you said, ist. But it would be really cool to be that ist, I think. Yeah, that seems like a really cool job. Yeah. Anything so f- where you're like finding out like this, solving a case sounds fun. Even if I it's know. not, you know, crime related, you're an IT person and you're chasing the virus. I don't know. Right. It's, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. You can solve that puzzle. Talk about it. ultimate job satisfaction. Right. Well, but then there's cases like this where you try for 34 years and you just can't do it. That would drive me insane. Yeah, that's true. That would drive me insane. Yeah. You've done everything you can and still nothing. Right. Yeah, that'd be kind of a bummer. Well, the forensic genetic genealogists were finally able to close in on Griffin. Essentially, what detectives did was they sent an extract of the DNA sample found at the scene in 1986 of the potential subject to a lab. And basically, they're doing a family tree, but like in reverse. So what that means is they can take a DNA sample and find out your ethnicity, your eye color, your height, your possible height, you know, skin color, all of that stuff from DNA, because we know that's, you know, our genetic makeup. So they can't get exactly who you are sometimes, but they can at least get um, an idea of what you might look like. That's kind of like, I think what 23 and me and all those things do. Cause I get yeah. emails all the time about you have a new relative in somewhere, but it, it, they could never possibly know that there's just some kind of match in the code exactly. on all those things you said. Exactly. So that's basically okay. what they did. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just done a lot just to get at least a profile of the killer. Like you can't tell people like we're looking for a guy, you know, so they they like to do this to get a little yeah. bit more well, of a profile. You laugh, but in in my field and my experience, I've I've had descriptions come across. We're looking for a Hispanic male with a bald head. Yeah, you got anything else for me, bud? Nope. Yeah, so this is just it, it helped them zero in on a suspect. Yeah, somebody they could fit the profile. Right, right. Detectives believe that there's no relationship between Holstead and Griffin, like I told you before. They didn't run in the same circles. They were not dating or had any kind of relationship whatsoever. So that's kind of what made it even more difficult yeah. to connect them. Since this is seriously, it's it's breaking as we speak. Um, there will still be more answers that we're waiting on, like how law enforcement preserved the DNA and were even able to trace it back to him. They haven't given us that information yet. So I'm very interested to find out how oh, that, that happens. That's easy. I've seen Jurassic Park. It was preserved in <laughs> amber. From a mosquito. And they use it in their walking stick yeah, for 34 they a, years they until they finally get a needle and extract. Yeah. I you mean, did it. You, Absolutely. You know this. I'm surprised Case they don't know this. Closed. Right. Um, the detectives say that those details will come out during the trial. So I'm really interested to follow this case. I'm going to try to keep you guys updated if I can as it, you know, continues to break. Like I said, the article I got was just from October 2nd. So we were getting new information like all the time here. So... So yeah. I have some thoughts and okay. it, you don't, you're not going to know the answers here. Well, maybe you will. It's just commentary. Like there's a trial, right? This yes. guy's still around. What do you, what do you do 34 years later? Like, I don't get it. Sure. He can say, yeah, I, I, the DNA matches or whatever. But I mean, what if he was baked on cocaine and drunk and whatever? He doesn't even remember doing it. The point of the criminal justice system is to rehabilitate someone. So if he hasn't killed anyone or done any heinous crimes in 34 years, what do we even do? That we know of. Well, right. But do we say that's the case? 
what's the point of a trial or even doing anything? Does he pay restitution? I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. You make a good point. And I'm sure people that are against the penal system are, woo, go John. Um, I think, though, that Which the family, I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure. I'm not against the penal system. No, I, just I know. A legitimate question. It sounds like you're just like, let him go. It's been 34 years. No, no. I <laughs> like I want to do the through the trial, the investigative process to see if he did anything else. I'm just saying, like playing devil's advocate, I guess. What if there absolutely was nothing else? I mean, it's almost like when we punish our kids for something they did. Right. Three months ago. But he it's still, like, they sh- you know? I mean, he still should be punished. He he broke the law and I'm sure the family would appreciate right, right. some sort of justice done for their daughter. I just feel like when these things are fresh, you can narrow down whether it was like, um, oh, what's the word? Where they, uh, you know, he was, he's nuts. That's why he did it or whatever. So mm, he goes in possibly, yeah. psychiatric hold or whatever. Like now we're not going to know any of those details. Yeah, maybe. Oh, weird. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what, what other details come out as the trial progresses do you know how old he is now i don't uh actually didn't it say 65 yeah maybe yes 65 he's 65 years old yeah so i mean even if they give him hell a 30-year sentence he'll die in prison anyway i mean right i'm guessing that's what'll happen is he'll go to prison that's crazy man yeah so another question and i'm not goofing around here when you have a cold case where they find something like this does it now become a warm case (laughs) or a hot case i'm serious like do you does the name I think change? it just reopens. <laughs> is cold case an actual term yes. or is it like just slaying around the precinct? No, yeah, it's an actual term. I mean, it's what they call them. They're yeah, called like cold a lead cases. goes cold and all that. I get yeah. it. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of cold things, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk today about Adolf Hitler. Oh, very cold. Yeah, very hip subject. Everybody's favorite dude, right? I mean, some people are even afraid to mention his name. <laughs> Because of the yeah. connotation, they don't want to think like you're into that or whatever. Full disclosure, I'm not into Hitler or Nazism or white supremacy or all those things. You know, I got to stop you, though, because from a psychology standpoint, it's very interesting. So oh, it's for not sure. that I would like ever be interested because I like idolize this person or I'm thinking he's just wonderful. But I, I really enjoy learning about psychologically how he became the way that he was yeah and how he had an effect on other people and was able to do what he did well i mean so it's interesting clinically would he be considered a psychopath do you know because i mean those are those people are fascinating to study yeah i mean a lack of empathy and all that other stuff i don't know the technical term for psychopathy (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know the um even, even to take it a step further like you're saying it's even like we mentioned in the episode charisma Mm -hmm. from a leadership standpoint to learn about how he was able to capture an audience. Obviously some of that was due to fear and whatever else, but that's even interesting to study to figure out how these leaders like him are able to lead and just completely take over a group of people like that through their charisma and their ability to public speak and everything else. Amazing. So there is a lot of study there, but it's kind of a taboo subject. Well, this one's not. Apparently, conspiracy theorists believe that he's not dead. Well, I, is he? I'm sure he's dead. Well, he's dead now, yes, but of <laughs> natural causes. But like I teased last week, people believe that he was not killed in 1930, 1945. I was wow. going to say, I think it's 40. Yeah. April 30th, 1945. That's where I got the 30th. I was uh, very confused there for a moment. There's a whole slew of people out there that believe this, that he escaped 
his bunker, and a body double for him and his wife were executed by the Nazi government. I, I missed this. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, as the show says, I don't know how I missed this. I, I mean, I'm not a big World War II historian or into that part of history or military history anyway. I fancy the uh, Civil War and Revolutionary War more than World War II. So maybe that's how. But I was flipping through Netflix the other day and saw this uh, conspiracy show. And that's where I got most of my information and good old our friend Wikipedia. Love Wikipedia. But this show, Conspiracy Theories, I believe it's called. We can, when we post all this, we will clarify. But I think it's just called that very obvious title. The first one was about Hitler and how he potentially escaped. And it even took it a step further about how after he escaped, he went to Argentina in order to make his way to Antarctica, speaking of cold, to have this underground fortified like super Nazi base that could potentially hold up to 60,000 troops and people. So what was it? Captain America when they had the, what's the name of the terrible group and cat with the octopus guy. Do you know? Oh, Hydra. Hydra. Yeah, Hail Weren't Hydra. they in some crazy like ice mountain? Yes. <laughs> hmm. They were. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so, I mean, there's uh, speaking of that in like his, Movies that kind of go down a historical fiction path. Yeah. National Treasure goes to Antarctica as well. That's where Charlotte's at. Right. And the secret lies with Charlotte. Everybody knows that. Lots of things in Antarctica. is a hotbed of activity despite its temperature. That's cold. Oh, cold hotbed. But there's a lot of theories around Antarctica that we'll get into here in a minute. But the overarching theory of my story here is that Hitler didn't die. On okay. April 30th. So if I remember correctly from history that I took, apparently he went into some underground bunker and shot himself and his wife. Is that how it went? No. Well, so according to this, I guess, documentary, I mean, it's yeah, it's a documentary, I guess, that I watched. He shot himself. She took. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what's the. Oh, God. Cyanide? Cyanide. Yes. I was going to say ricin, not ricin. Not ricin. She took a cyanide pill. And he shot himself. That's okay. how the story's gone forever. Right. I mean, that's ultimately. what I heard. That's what everybody's heard throughout history class and everything else. And that's what we believed. And I think that's what people want to believe. Like this evil, terrible man. Fuck yeah, kill yourself. That's the best way for you to go, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's good if the military killed him and captured him or whatever, kind of like we did with Osama bin Laden. People enjoyed how that went down as well. But... If you kill yourself because you're losing, that's kind of like the ultimate F you and satisfaction, I guess. So I think that's why people wanted to believe that. But what I've learned through this process is Russia's involvement. What is it with Russia? Oh, Russia. Back then they were the Soviet Union, but you get it, it's the same comrades. Yes. But I don't understand like they're still like messing with us now and changing the story and they're involved in all these shady deals and slimy things. They were back then apparently too. So like I said this theory believes that there was a body double for both of them. And this was very common for the time period. Stalin had one. Um, Churchill had at least one. So for world leaders back then, very common thing. So why not Hitler, right? I mean, he's, why not? he's a then join the club. popular, not popular leader, but you know what I mean? Well, he was popular. <laughs> yeah, amongst his own people. And the other thing fueling this theory is that the first report of it came out the next day. And it was from Nazi like people. It wasn't the allied forces saying, oh, great victory, Hitler's dead, hooray. They broadcast it themselves. 
And okay. so immediately people think now that I'd they're looking back on broad. it. Yeah, right. Theorists are looking at it. They're like, well, of course they did. They're they're broadcasting their own cover up because like Hitler's secretary, like his right hand man back then said, the only way for you to get out of this alive is to die. Because mm. everybody in the world wants you dead. Everybody wants to kill you. There's no way you escape this. We're not winning the war. So for the only way for you to survive and have the rest of your life is for you to die. So they faked his death. That's what they're saying. Okay. How hmm. the Russians are involved in this or the Soviet Union, I guess I should say it correctly for the time period, is they reportedly found his body in the bunker the next day burned. Why were the Soviet Union going into the bunker? I'm not really sure. From, but they were in there and they okay. found him burned. And they said that day that this is a this was a body double. They could tell it was the Soviet a, Union side. Right. They said this okay. was a poorly, like very poor looking body double or whatever. Wow. So that went on and on for quite a while. Like I said, on May 1st, 1945, German radio announces his death. That was the first clue that it was maybe fake because it, why would the Nazis do that? I guess. If anything, yeah. you'd cover it up because you want to keep your kind of influence yeah, of power would, and, yeah. you know, keep fighting. And at the had, time... At, at the time, had they, like, lost? No, like, at the time, over? the war, the, the battle in Berlin was, like, raging. Oh, yeah. So you would definitely not want to say your leader was dead. Right, right. Oh. Like, if, like for example, okay. to, to bring this into modern context, if Trump, like, died of coronavirus, it would not behoove us immediately to say, hey, Trump's dead you know, Al-Qaeda and ISIS come attack us because that's like an open door right. for China and everybody else, North Korea. Yeah, well, our country would be vulnerable. Right. So you'd, you would think you'd want to cover it up, but they they didn't. They announced it. So they're like, okay, well, this is weird. The, the tables were kind of turned back then. Everybody wanted him dead. And so now people can kind of rejoice that, oh, this evil man's dead. If we announce it, he can escape. So that's where the theorists started kind of putting this together as they look back on history. So I got that wrong. Let me back up. German radio announces on the first. On the second, the Soviets seize the bunker and discover his body. Okay. But they said, wait a minute, this body doesn't look right. So fast forward 23 years, the Soviets then claim that they had the remains all along of Hitler. They said that they have his body. So they reversed course and said, oh, he's dead. We have his body. And here it is. And so they... What is it? Exhumed? Mm -hmm. They exhume the body. They have skull fragments and all these other things. And that story was believed until 2009. Okay. In 2009, the skull fragments were DNA tested. And they came back as a 45-year-old female, not Hitler. I wonder why they would do that. Like, why would they just suddenly, ah, well, let's go test these bone fragments. Like, I wonder why they'd do that. Well, I think the conspiracy theory movement led to that. They're like, we, oh, so enough all people that, said, right? Looking back on history and them saying, oh, this, I think we think this is a body double when the comrades go in, and then all of a sudden, twenty three years later, they say that they have the body in a skull fragment. Somebody said something doesn't look right here. Let's test this. We have the technology now. Why don't we test it? Okay. And so they test and it's it. A woman. It's a woman, forty five years old, not Hitler, not Ava Braun. Weird. Nobody associated with it. Maybe so, they like got mixed up in the lab. <laughs> I don't know, but if you're a conspiracy theorist, the, the, the yeah. light bulb's pinging here um, big yeah. time, right? So, okay. This is just too weird. What? Did you, have a, did you have a question? No, I'm just confused. Like, why would the Soviets say that's not him? It's absolutely not him. But then, wait, will we have him? That doesn't make sense. I don't know, but the whole, but thing, that, make sense, the so. whole thing that makes this thing even fishier and believable, if you want to go down conspiracy highway, 
There's no eyewitnesses to the death or anything. He goes down. Oh, like into not this, even his people. No, he goes down into this bunker. Next thing you know, he's dead. Next thing you know, it's reported that he's dead. Nobody sees a body. Nothing until wow. like two days later, and that's when the Soviets say, "Oh, this isn't him. It's a body double." Well, did I wonder if Germany ever had like a, a rebuttal to that? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Were they like, no, it's not. Yes, no, it is. No, thing, it's not. They kind of just didn't say they anything. They didn't say anything. So that's yeah. why this is such a wild conspiracy theory. And even though scientists have said that this is all hogwash and BS, the theorists are hanging on strong saying there is zero evidence that well, points what, yeah. to him I mean, what does dying. scientists have to show that it's Nothing. Hogwash. They, they don't have any evidence to show. They ju- I think they just point to like the records and everything else and how the rest of the war and everything played out. And one question I had in rebuttal to the theory is this guy's like a world leader. What we're going to get to right now where he went to Antarctica and built this super base, apparently. <laughs> how come from f- the end of World War II forward, we've never heard anything about this Nazi party? I mean, were they that smart? I have to my where theory, but I want to hear the rest of your story or are they before that, I say it. I, I'd love to know this, but are they that smart that they're like the puppet masters behind all this evil and other bad things throughout history? Maybe. I don't know. They didn't act that way in World War II. They were like on the front lines doing it, stealing everybody's gold and everything. You know right. what I mean? So, Well, I've got my theories, but let's hear the rest of the story. So anyway, that's the whole story about him dying or not dying. The theorists say that he escaped and went to Antarctica. One in particular, Douglas Dietrich. Now this dude's nuts. I recommend you watch the documentary because you can just hear in the tone of his voice and the kind of the <laughs> metered way that he talks. This is why conspiracy theorists are so hard to believe unless you're just like kind of on the same l- wavelength as them, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, I'm kind of wondering because you said metered. I wonder if he has a touch of like Asperger's like Jacob does it certainly sounds like it where because one of the characteristics of that disorder is like obsession absolute obsession and the people that obsess about things like that become experts you know they've read every single thing that there is to read yeah they obsess about it they obsess about it they know everything there is to know so I wonder if he's an expert for that particular purpose you know because he's that's he is who he is that's he's so interested in it. That is an interesting point. The, yeah. And I'm going to speak about this only from my knowledge from the musical. So who knows if it's historically accurate. <laughs> the <But> musical. <laughs> Asperger's and autism wasn't even a thing in the 1700s. But that sounds a lot like Alexander Hamilton as the story is told in the musical that he read every treatise on the shelf. He yeah. wrote everything. He completely obsessed about everything he did. Mm-hmm. So much so that he forgot about his family and everything else. Maybe he was the first autistic well it's uh, i'm sure it's just around but it's you know until people start studying it you don't think it exists until there's a name for it you know yeah so this guy really hardcore believes that uh, mr hitler escaped to antarctica to an underground base to back this up there were tunnels found in austria around the time after world war ii these were discovered that can hold up to sixty thousand men and people so the nazis have the engineering and the the skill to build this whoa so that's Wait. what dun dun dun, dun, dun denver dun, national dun, international airport right say. well that's what i'm saying they were talking about the weird so maybe this fits your theory about the nazis are more involved in things than we think or know oh, mm. this those, is getting those crazy wily nazis so in 1938 backing up a little bit here the nazis went to antarctica for a 
for scientific purposes. Oh, but they didn't the send. Any, yeah, they didn't send any scientists though. They sent the chief of the uh, Nazi Air Force. He went on the mission. That's very scientific. So again, if you're this Dietrich fella and you're obsessed about this conspiracy theory, you're gonna like, oh, come on, there's no science going on here. They no. went there to build their super base so Hitler could have a nice, cozy place to retire on Antarctica. Absolutely. In hiding. In 1943, commander of the U-boat fleet reportedly boasted of the base that he built for Adolf Hitler in Antarctica. Hmm. So there's some fact behind this. He's like, oh, we built this super base that's underground in a cold location, whatever. Just like your ice palace in uh, the Avengers. Thank you. (laughs) So then the U-boats go to Argentina with Adolf Hitler in order to get to Antarctica. That's the theory. So is Argentina close to Antarctica? When I'm watching this. I mean, I guess if you keep going south. Yeah. yeah. And not knowing about my world geography that well, I'm watching watching this and I'm like, that's strange. I don't understand this uh, Argentina thing. It's strange to me because when I think of Argentina, I think of like warm tropical. Right. Like right. completely opposite of Antarctica. And so. there's, I'm not going to get into this because I want to talk about the, the Antarctica base, but there's some theories out there that during that time frame, Hitler and Eva moved and retired in Argentina and they were getting assistance from their friends, Evita Baron. Baron? Yeah. Baron that mm-hmm. you've heard about in that musical. So in, in the other musical. In the other musical. Lots of music. A lot of musical theater going on here in this, <laughs> this podcast. And so, then I mean, we have, what's her name, Maria von Trapp and her family s- escaping from the Nazis into Vermont, the mountains. Of Vermont, right? <laughs> Great beer cheese they have there, though. Lots of beer cheese at the von Trapp Brewery. So here's where things get a little kooky and even more believable. So the theorists claim that the USA has known about this base all along. Is it in the President's Secret book? I'm sure it is be cool i mean that oh man that's all about conspiracy theories too i know we should get uh, riley pool on the show Riley's book we should get him on the show as a guest if he was real (laughs) if only so apparently there was this task force 68 that went to antarctica on a weather and mapping expedition but they take the leader of the air force too no but well if this gets better they took more than that and dietrich says this was no mapping expedition you're out of your mind because they took Aircraft carriers with over 100 aircraft, two icebreakers, battleships, gunships, all kinds of heavy artillery. And so these people believe that they're going down there to eradicate this base and annihilate the Nazis. So what ta- where, what year was this, does it say? What time period? I believe it was, well, I, that part I didn't get, but they're, cu- okay. they're calling it Task Force 68. So I don't know if it was in 1968. That seems a little late. Yeah. But I don't, I'd have to check my history. And based on that, that documentary I watched, it could be that time frame based on the kind of planes they had and stuff on the aircraft carrier. So mm-hmm. I, I will research that and maybe we can follow up and, and post it. But it didn't say in, in my sources for okay. this particular reading. But declassified documents about this weather and mapping expedition have proven this theory that there was no weather and mapping expedition. That was a lie for this top secret task force 68. Oh my goodness. But the government's claiming that they went down there to do training for the new enemy, which was the Soviet union and their Arctic conditions. So if they went to somewhere else like Greenland or something else that has similar climate, they would be 
Well, it's also it heavier populated. Right. And now it would be too obvious to the Soviets that they're training for us. So they're claiming they went to Antarctica to do that. Okay. So you see where the conspiracy I mean, theorists plausible. have all kinds of stuff to go on here. Yeah. There's and, no d- and it's it's odd because the other group does not have anything to go on. <laughs> right. They're like, right. he just is. There's no, yeah, there's, there's no, like no DNA evidence, evidence to their point that he's exactly. dead except that body double, which has been apparently proven not to be him. Well, and that was since that was such a prevalent thing back then, that makes, that's completely plausible that right. that happened. So like we said in the beginning, Hitler's you know, probably dead. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Well, I'm sure he is now. <clears throat> he's been living underground, preserved in ice. Maybe he's not dead. Oh. Maybe they have all kinds of wires and things stuck into him, and he is the mastermind of all things bad. He's the Matrix. Oh. Yeah. I don't like that at Scary all. Scary thought, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's my story. So, I mean, if you'd like to do more research into this, there's a ton of stuff up there. A bunch of books about Hitler and Argentina. I mean, that's why I wanted to cover it because clearly I missed this. So, I don't, I don't know how I missed that. Crazy. You know, I I think we all just took for granted that it was dead. He was dead. Well, I mean, like every other American and normal person, I believed what was taught to me in school. And so, I think that's how a lot of us miss these things. And unless you're a have a lot of time on your hands or you're a little bit nuts or obsessive. Like you said, I, I would never even think to look this up. Yeah. I accepted what I learned in class as the truth. And so I, I think the message there for everyone is maybe don't do that. There's a lot of interesting There's stuff. There's a lot out of there. things that I accepted in class. Yeah. And maybe don't I'm starting uh, to learn. I'm not exactly what I should have. Right. And maybe don't obsess about it like some of these other people, but I, I mean, why not open your mind and think about these things? Yeah. There's a lot of crazy out there, like we talked about with 9-11. There's like proof that that was not an inside job, and why would anyone do that? Right. But something like this that goes back so long ago, I don't know. To me, it makes sense. Agreed. If I were Hitler back then, I wouldn't have killed myself. So that's kind of what I was going to say. I remember, so we studied it in eighth grade, and then we studied it again, I want to say junior year maybe of high school. I can't remember. And it always struck me as like we we learn all of this stuff and all these terrible things happened and then he just says he just dies and that's the end. And to me, it just was always so strange that all that he worked so hard for this and then it's just over. Well, again, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, I mean, Hitler's classic narcissist psychopath right. there's no way on God's green earth that somebody they don't do that. that into themselves would ever kill themselves. Exactly. It's just something that their brain is not wired. He, he he believed he was the end all be all. Right. Especially, I'm going to counter your point there a little bit. Some narcissists would do that because they make it all about them. But especially knowing that that's what everyone wanted, he wouldn't have done that. Well, there's that. But the thing is, if if that was the case, if he wants to make it all about him, he would martyr himself somehow. Right. He right. would go out in the middle of the front lines and, and <laughs> right, let right. himself be yeah. killed by other people yes. just to show what a hero he was right there's no way he would secretly go in underground into a bunker by himself i could see him like no one to watch exactly i could see him like staging his assassination yeah more than doing this and i also believe for you know the way that he saw himself and the way that i'm sure he was built up by that time period to feel about himself he probably felt like him being alive was better than the cause 
right. he, he right. wouldn't have given that up. He wouldn't have given up his life for that. And I'm sure he decided, well, let's try different angles. And, you know, by this point in time, we all know Nazi, bad word. We're not going to follow that. But who's to say we can't bring some of our ideals into something else and try to make new factions of these things? Maybe that the S word that's so popular right now, socialism. But that's what I'm saying. So it's quite similar. It might have been more of a case of, okay, back to the drawing board. Like right, this obviously right. didn't work. Let's scratch that and try something new. Right. And like you said, he might have been the mastermind for all kinds of organizations that we didn't realize were a part of this. Well, some that are still going on today. Who knows? But exactly. By, by staying alive, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe onto something here. Yeah. I, I don't think he's still alive. Obviously, that'd be crazy. No, but I mean, just <laughs> like, uh, I think you can categorize him as a terrorist and the Nazis kind of like a terrorist organization similar right, to Al Qaeda or the Taliban, probably better example because they're like a government. So if that's the case, they, every terrorist organization out there today has a number two ready to take over for them in an instant, should they get killed or something. And so who exactly. knows? maybe, maybe uh, some of these organizations we know around the world today we already know there's tons of groups inspired by him, but maybe they actually are branches of that old school Nazism. I know. Crazy. But I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm not going to obsess about this like everyone else, but I don't believe he killed himself either. Hmm. I don't know about an escape or anything like that or Antarctica. I, I don't know. That could all be hogwash as one of the people in the video says, but I don't think he killed himself either. So interesting, interesting stuff. I, I just had one comment. I took a note while you were talking. What's with you in 1986, man? I know, lots of 80s, huh? Well, I not just 80s, but that's the second one from 86 in particular. Is it really? Yeah, you're like three years old. I'm sorry. You have this... Uh, well, that's clearly how I missed it. I well, Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I dig the 80s, so it's all good. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I picked this one in particular because when they found the guy, it was all over the news. But what bothered me was I couldn't find anything about the original case. Yeah. It was all about how they found him and that it was a 34-year-old case, but there wasn't any information about Lisa and how she was killed and anything. It's Well, it seems so, like it went, it, it seems like it um, wrapped up pretty quick. Right. Well, and I think, I feel like my goal for the show is to talk about those cases that not everybody's talking about. Yeah. To kind of bring to light, uh, you know, information that maybe. Right, right. Isn't out there. Yeah. To, to give more you know, people, more people a chance to hear these stories. I'm with you. you know? I hear you. So that's kind of why I picked that one. But okay, 1986 is my my jam, I guess. Well, I, I was just going to say, I think the 80s is that kind of sweet spot for cases like this where there's no DNA testing going on. They weren't testing back yeah, then. Yeah, there's a like lot that. of cases like this that kind of went by the wayside. So it would make sense for this show to talk about that. Right. Well, I mean, they had the wherewithal to collect the, inform the, the DNA and to keep all of that, but they didn't have the scientific ability to really test it at that point in time yeah they were able to get blood type and things like that and they could match kind of that way but it was not to the extent at all that we're able to do now right so yeah awesome all right well to see pictures and more information on these cases be sure to follow us on social media at how did we miss that and a big thank you for our theme composition goes to audio anywhere productions you can find them at audioanywhereproductions.com See you next week, and until then, keep your head up and look out for each other.